How to be social with Ted Rubin, episode 52. Let's do it. Welcome to the Rebel Growth Podcast. I am Borja Beso, and every week I bring you step-by-step growth and only marketing strategies that you can actually implement in your business to see some results. It's my pleasure to have you here, and let's start with another episode now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the show, and thank you for being here. Today's episode is about how to be social and embrace sociability in your business to attract raving fans. For that, we have Ted Ruben today. Everything that we talk about in the show is going to be at rebelgrowth.com forward slash episode 52. And without any further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Ted. So Ted Ruben, man, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, Boha, really happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, glad you and your team reached out. I'm excited to have a quick, nice morning conversation with you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, I always like to record my episodes in the morning because I'm fired up, I'm you know, fresh, ready to go. Um, so Ted, why don't you tell us, give us, before we jump into uh, today's topic, which is what people are forgetting to do on social media, which is their number one um, mistake and what leads to failure, why don't you tell us a little about how it is that you came into this whole industry and what it is that you do now and what your business is? Well, since that could take up the whole 15 minutes, I'll try to make it really short and brief <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, because I'm 57 years old. And if you heard about my whole background, it would take forever. So in 1997, I discovered the Internet. I found Seth, I, I found Seth Godin. There was an article written about him. He wasn't known the way he was today. You can buy his thoughts, concept, his leadership. Um, I wrote him a letter and told him I wanted to come work for him. He had mentioned in the openings, but he always hires somebody smart. So I raised my hand and said, I'm that guy. And I was fortunate enough to get his attention and I went to work for him. So I got involved in, in digital in what was called Web 1.0. Um, and I've been around for this whole evolution of the way things have gone and then jumped into this whole social era when I was at Elf Cosmetics, Eyeslipsface.com in 2008. So I built their brand using social media. I built the largest presence for a cosmetics brand in the early days when most of the big brands were afraid to be there. It's kind of progressed. I went into social commerce with Open Sky, then content, uh, building content with Collective Bias, where I'm a, a shareholder in the company, left there in 2013. Now I travel around the country. I speak about my books, Return on Relationship, and how to look people in the eye digitally. And I work with companies to help them empower their employees to use social media properly to build their influence and to get people to start using social media in a way that I believe is the right way, which is relationship building, engagement, and wrapping it as a shell around everything we do. That's what we're going to talk about right now. And in, in, in this years of you working in social media how uh what's one thing that you found like in your whole journey what's something that caught your eye like clicked um you mean well, well for me it was just a natural i've always been a connector what i did not understand before i got so involved in social media is that i've been a community builder my whole life. All my friends know each other from all walks of life, from jobs, from, from school, from camp. I bring people together. And I always thought of it as just being a natural networker. But it goes beyond that. And I like to say that a network gives you reach, but a community gives you power. 
So the ability, you know, when you when you advertise, when when you push push content out, you're pushing it out to a network. But when you bring people together to talk about it, to share, to engage, to have conversation, then you build a community. And I, I believe we have to go from convincing convert to converse and convert. And I believe that conversation is the best content. So that's really where it's all come from me. It's come to something where I love the way commerce has come full circle. People now want to be known. They know they're being, they're being watched by marketers. But instead of you upselling them, they want you to add value to their lives. And if you add value to their lives, and, and, or, and value can be a lot of things. Value can be um, something that's less expensive. Value can be bringing people to the table for them. Value can be making the process a lot easier, the way an Uber does, the way an Airbnb does. You know, disruptors are not just changing business. What they're doing is making business easier for people. So that's really what I believe in. And, you know, you and I kind of connected um, over a lot of different topics. But I think one in particular was when I talk about one, of the ma- one or two of the major reasons marketers are failing in social media, in my opinion. So I'd love to chat about that if you're, you know, if you're ready. Yes, let's do that. You know, well, what I see is, is there's two things happening in social. First of all, one of the reasons many marketers failing with social media is because they don't take into account traditional marketing lessons. I mean, marketing 101 has not gone away. Reach and frequency is important for some reason. And a lot of it has to do, I believe, because young people, millennials, Generation Z, use social media in a way for communication. So if you have a group of friends and you keep repeating the same thing over and over, they're not going to want to hear it. But when you're a marketer, frequency is still very important for people to hear, get, understand, and absorb your message. They need to hear it a lot of times. That doesn't mean you just broadcast. It's even better if you're putting it out there then having conversations again and again around those topics because everybody has different things they want to talk about. So what happens is social media doesn't supplant traditional marketing practices and tenets. It enhances it when it's used correctly. You know, it, it, it is definitely a different medium. Okay, and people use it for different reasons. There are unspoken rules of conduct for different platforms, but people are people and, and they have been for thousands of years and they buy and they transact and they work with different companies for the same reasons they always did. But here's the second step of this, is it's not just that we're forgetting basic marketing principles, but social media isn't being used to its best advantage because most people are simply broadcasting on it. I mean, companies and even small businesses believe they're being social when they buy an ad on Facebook or when they buy a promoted tweet on Twitter. That's not being social. That's buying an ad on a social platform. And please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That those ads can be incredibly effective and you should test and experiment with them the way you do with any ads. But that's not being social. That's advertising in the social space. Being social means you need to communicate people. You need to engage with people. You need to talk to them one-on-one. And the problem is a lot of marketers think that this doesn't scale. Like, hey, I've got a million people following us on Facebook or on Twitter. How can I possibly engage with them all? But you don't have to because the majority have no interest in engaging with you. They want to see you engaging with other people because when you, when Ted and Baja speak and when and people know that Baja reached out to me and said, hey, I'd love to have you on my show and I said, sure, then in their eyes, they know anybody could do that. I mean, I didn't do this because I checked you out. You have a big following. I like the way you reached out. I liked your team and the way they, they, they followed up. And I said, hey, why not? This seems like a good guy. I'll talk to him, which means anybody out there gets that feeling. And it's the same thing with brands. When I'm flying on JetBlue and I reach out to them and I have a conversation with them and they keep it public instead of taking it to direct message or to email, other people see them communicate with me, resolve my issues, or, or just listen. And they know the same thing can happen with them. 
But let's pop back to Marketing 101 for a second, because I believe that every student graduating with a marketing degree, every MBA student graduating, probably every marketer, every agency in this country should have to retake Marketing 101, probably for at least a day session once every year, because they tend to forget the basics when they jump into these new platforms and think it's just about communication. Content is valuable, if it's evergreen, to be used again and again and again. And remember, you're not your customer. So do your research. And that doesn't mean hire a firm to a six-month study. It means have your employees go to the pages of the people who follow you in social. I mean, for God's sake, nobody's doing that. We're all waiting, trying to get them to our pages instead of going to theirs and just seeing what they're talking about. And remember, frequency is not a bad thing. Social week and frequency are tangential to good marketing, as long as your content is relevant to your market. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times you push out the same content, as long as you're doing it respectfully, you're doing it in context, you're not doing it one right after the other, but you're sharing it again, you're having conversations around it, and then you're taking it and you're guiding it as far as what you've heard the way you've communicated with people and the feedback they've given you. And then don't forget that storytelling is important. I mean, storytelling is what it's all about. And with social, we have the ability to tell stories every day. People can't resist a good story. It's an emotional connection and bridge that's built into our human DNA. And social enhances it by allowing consumers to share more stories about more of the products they see, buy and use every day. And what you should be doing is sharing their stories. In other words, not just trying to bring them to your page to hear your stories, but you know how much people on social love when you share their content? Yeah. Well, brands, brands need to be doing that, especially small businesses. It's such a potential advantage for them. Yes, and uh, by doing it uh, with social media instead of doing it in traditional, I don't know, television or radio, it has a different sense. It's more um, conversational because it gives people to respond Immediately, if you write a blog post about a case study of some customer of your, yours that went through a terrific experience with something related to what your problem solves, your product solves, or something related to what you offer, and and you share that on social media, people like it's not like an infomercial. So that's a, a huge advantage for using social media for storytelling. And when you just mentioned about doing your, your research, a lot of people get confused, like, all right, so doing your research, what, do I just jump on Twitter and start, start asking people a bunch of questions? Well, yes, if you know how to do it, you can, I mean, there's a way to finding conversations and getting people, connecting with people, maybe make them jump in a call with you and ask them about their one single major pro problem that you could potentially solve. What I'm doing is now that I'm finishing the year, I'm getting a lot of my, you know, the people that I know are very engaged with, with my, uh, my podcast on my blog. And uh, I offer a, you know, a special coaching program for, for them where I am not just going to solve whatever problems they have. I'm going to do research with these clients so that I can create later a, prob a product, a solution next year. So I'm leveraging the fact, you know, that I'm going to jump into one-on-one -on -one calls with, um, cl you know, clients to further create something greater by listening to what their problems are specifically, being personalized, being customized. So, um, Ted, when you say that frequency isn't bad, how, uh, how can a company or a blogger um, – repeat their message or feel comf comfortable about talking about the same thing over and over? 
Well, you know, look, there, there are a lot of tools. First of all, I, want to, I just want to backtrack for a second because, you know, you talked about starting conversations and, 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 and conversing with people. But I just want to make sure people understand, especially people that are not that familiar with the platforms, that it's even easier than that. You don't even have to have conversations in the beginning. You can just watch other people having conversations. Right. You can go into Twitter and Facebook and see what's happening and find out, like, the people, if, especially if you're a small business person if you know, or even a medium-sized business. You know people that come to your stores. You know your demographic. Start following people like that and see the conversations they're having. Watch what's going on with them. Be a part of it because that kind of listening. I like when I speak. I like to put a slide with a fly uh, on the wall, and I ask people like, "Do you know what that is?" And they look at it and they go, "It's a fly." I go, "Well, it's the proverbial fly on the wall." Because there's an expression that says, I wish I could be a fly in a wall in that meeting. Meaning that you could be in that meeting, nobody knows you're there, and you're hearing everything that's going on. Well, consumers are inviting you into their living rooms without them even knowing that you're there, and nobody's going. And you don't have to go in your company brand. You have your employees go. Have them go to these pages, watch conversations, come back and report about it. There's so much that can happen there. So I just wanted to... Go back to that for a second. Now, back to the concept of frequency. What I like to do is I use all my content in multiple ways. I repurpose it. I write blog posts, and then I will post the blog post. And then sometimes I will take a paragraph out of a blog post, not just the whole post, and put it on Facebook, put it on Google+, put it on LinkedIn. Just a small piece of that to create conversation. Sometimes I'll take the whole blog post, not not a link to it on my blog, so someone now has to click again to get there, but the blog post itself and post it to Facebook so people can read the whole thing there or LinkedIn or, or, um, yeah. or Google+. And it gives people a chance to interact with it in different ways in different places. People are much com more comfortable commenting on Facebook than they are on people's blogs. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's really important. Another thing I do is I use my, like for instance, I love Snapchat. I've jumped into Snapchat recently, and one of the reasons I love Snapchat is, first of all, it's pure social. If you're not engaging, storytelling, or communicating on Snapchat, you might as well not be there. But what's also great about Snapchat is I make quick little videos that I use for Snapchat, but then I, I download them, and I, I post them on Instagram, I post them on, on Vine, I post them on Facebook, I post them on Tumblr. So I'm creating content in one place that I'm then able to use in all different places and mix it up a little bit so people see different types of things and see that I am experiencing different platforms. So I think, I think that's really important too that you realize. And then tweets. If I write a tweet that's not, that's what I call evergreen, meaning it's good all the time, it's about marketing, it's not about an event, it's about a concept, I save those and I use them over and over again. Because people want to see them. And also, I have new followers all the time. I have new people in the space all the time. I have different people at different times of day. People view content at different times of day. So when you're putting out content, you want to not only test what's better times of day, but you want to put it out during different times of the day. I mean, uh the power of repurposing right there. Yes. Yes. And you want to listen because, you know, some people will say, you know what? You know, what if you put out a tweet too many times? Well, guess what? If you do, you're going to find out about it. And that doesn't mean just one person. I mean, if you have 100,000 followers and one person says, oh, Ted, you keep repeating your tweets, who cares? You know, unless there's 100 people saying that. But you, you gauge it. You listen. You pay attention. You see what – then you can always ask. Do people feel I'm, you can put out a tweet or put out a post on Facebook that says, do people feel I'm sharing content too much? And I have to tell you that your, your audience will let you know if you listen to them, if you pay attention, if you put out something that you think might be controversial, don't put it out and then go on a coffee break. Put it out and pay attention 
to see how people are reacting to it so that you can react to their reactions. Well, Ted, um, any, any last tip, like one last key takeaway that you want to share with us? Yes. I'm going to tell you my, my last, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a, a two key takeaways. One of them is there's this remarkable device that most of us just don't even understand. It's called the smartphone. Okay, and most of you people in your audience have a smartphone, and what they all have smartphones, they all have apps on their phones. What they don't realize is that every smartphone comes with a built-in app that most people don't even know exists and rarely, if ever, use. It's a keypad that has the numbers zero to nine, and if you press seven to ten of them, you can you can actually communicate with somebody speaking to them. It's, re it's remarkable. You don't have to use emoticons to express emotion. You can actually laugh, cry, yell, uh, have fun, speak softly. You can, it's amazing what you can do with this tool. So I'm going to challenge your audience. I'm going to tell them for the next 30 days to pick up the phone every day and call someone they haven't spoken to a in a while and just say hello. Start out the conversation by saying, hi, it's Boha. What can I do for you today? And see where it goes. If they want, if they if they don't have time, fine. If you get a voicemail, leave them a message. Let them know you cared. And by the way, this information will spread. People will talk about you because a, a, a because a brand is what a business or a person does. A reputation is what people remember. And people will say, "Oh my God, Boha called me," or "Ted called me," and people will start sharing that information. And remember, relationships are like muscle tissue. The more you engage them, the stronger and more valuable they become. That's very good, right there. <laughs> well, Ted, I mean, thank you so much for for you know the the energy, uh, all the information that you share. A lot of people are gonna have their eyes open after listening to this interview. Um, where can 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 people go to stay in touch with you and learn more about everything that you do? Well, it's real easy. I'm Ted Rubin everywhere. T E D. R-U-B as in boy, I-N. So I'm at Ted Rubin on Twitter, at Ted Rubin on Instagram, Ted Rubin on Snapchat, Ted Rubin on Facebook, uh, Ted Rubin on LinkedIn. Uh, it's really just Google Ted Rubin and the first 10 pages of me other than the Medal of Award winner, Medal of Honor Award winner from World War II who's 99 years old. That's not me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a black and white picture. So exactly, <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, uh, do you have it, guys? Mr. Ted Rubin, thank you so much for coming on board. I really, really enjoyed our conversation right here, and I really hope to have a conversation with you in the future again. Looking forward, Boha. Please feel free to be in touch anytime. All right, thank you. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Ted Rubin. Everything that we talk about in today's episode is going to be at rebelgrowth.com forward slash episode 52. Please let me know what, what you want to hear for the next episodes, what entrepreneur you want to get featured on the show, what startup story, growth story you want to see on the show, and I'll make sure to have them on board. Until next week, guys, go out, implement, and keep on growing.